Well, good morning once again. So good to see each and every one of you. Those of you online, thank you for joining us. And uh, first service, I had trouble figuring out what day it was for sure. It's like Merry Post-Christmas, something to that effect this morning. And we're glad that you're here. I just want to give God a round of applause again for the decisions of Chris and Nicole this morning. Let's give God a round of applause again. It's just super exciting for me, and I just, I don't know, it's, I, I'm glad that we already got to experience that so far in this morning, and just the joy and the, and the excitement that comes from being together as family, and I hope that you are here excited about that this morning as well. Uh, again, if you're brand new here this morning, normally we'd have our little kids, uh, three-year-old up through fifth grade, head downstairs, um, and today we're doing a little family Christmas stay together type thing, so if you uh, need a nursery for for a newborn up through three-year-old, you can head into the nursery for them if you need that. Um, we're excited to kind of finish out the year with this idea of this journey to Christmas. Uh, I'm excited about what's coming in 2022. We're going to share next week this idea of what God has been leading us as elders and leadership here at PVN and what God wants to do with us in 2022. And over the past three weeks, we've discussed this idea of journey to Christmas. And so I ask you, how was your journey to Christmas? Was it like most every other year? Was it just as stressful as last year, or did you make an extra effort to just take a breath and, take, and see where God might be kind of focusing your, your thoughts and your heart on during this time of the year? Or was it maybe again filled with disorder, or was it filled with delight? And maybe for some of you it was filled with a little bit of both. Were you able to learn anything from Mary and Joseph's journey to Christmas or the shepherd's journey to Christmas or last week Jesus' journey to Christmas? And I appreciate Justin Lewis sharing a message last week about Jesus' journey to Christmas because that message is so vital for us to continue into the new year. Where are you at on your journey? Has Christmas come and gone this year, and you're no different than you were four weeks ago? What about your journey? What about the journey that goes beyond Christmas? Where are you at with that? Pastor Frank Harrington liked to tell about an uncle who was prone to make some pointed observations. His name was Van. And so one of the things Uncle Van used to say was, there ain't nothing as over as Christmas. There ain't nothing as over as Christmas. And of course, he was, he was talking about the letdown that a lot of people feel after Christmas. But the days after Christmas shouldn't be a letdown for us, right? They should be a launching point. The birth of Jesus wasn't a dismal beginning, or excuse me, a dismal ending. It was a glorious beginning. And it can, can be for you and for me a, a glorious beginning in our lives as well. And so if you are able and willing this morning, will you stand with me as we turn to Luke chapter 2, starting verse 36 and reading down through verse 40. Bill 
share some verses leading up to this. And verse 36 says, There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Will you pray with me? God, this morning we desire for your Holy Spirit to guide and direct our time together. May you be glorified and we just praise your name for the good things that you are doing in this world in the midst of all the chaos and disorder. God, you are a God of hope and may we share that hope with the world around us. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So how do we move forward at this time of year when it feels like, you know, we're, we're just enjoying the time off maybe? Some of you have kids at home that are, that are not at school and you're wishing they maybe already were back to school. But you're figuring out how do we move forward from Christmas? And as we look at these verses, there are four things that I think we can apply to our faith journey that will have an impact in our lives beyond Christmas as we move into this new year of 2022. And the first thing is stay close to the Lord in every situation. As you look at these verses, you have this elderly widow named Anna, and she teaches us to stay close to the Lord. Listen again to her life story in verses 36 through 37. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, Of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And Anna, as I did a little research, different people think different things, but Anna may have been over 100, because verse 37 may mean that she had been a widow for 84 years and over her long life Anna teaches us that we should stay close to God as close as we possibly can stay close to the Lord in every situation even in times of stress and even in times of sorrow and Anna she understood what sorrow was all about she had only been married seven years when her husband passed away. We don't know exactly the circumstances surrounding her husband's death. It could possibly be that he got sick, and maybe he was suffering from a lingering illness. Was it possible that he you know, was killed in a terrible accident? Was he killed by a robber, a Roman soldier? We, we really don't know. However he died, it must have broken Anna's heart. But Anna did not make the tragic mistake that so many of us do. Anna did not pull away from God and God's church. In fact, 
Verse 37 tells us that she did the very opposite. It says that she did not depart from the temple. Anna stayed as close to the Lord as she possibly could. And that's exactly what we should do even in times of sorrow. One of America's best-known Christmas carols is, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day by poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And the song begins with these words, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then comes a surprisingly sad verse. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Doesn't that seem kind of like a weird line to have in the middle of a Christmas carol? Longfellow wrote these words late in the Civil War after suffering double tragedy. In July of 1861, Longfellow's wife, Fanny, had trimmed some of their seven-year-old daughter's curls. Fanny decided to preserve the curls in sealing wax. But as she melted the wax, a sudden breeze blew through the window, and it blew her dress into the flame. And Fanny's light dress was immediately engulfed in fire. In order for her to protect her young children, she ran into the next room where her, her husband Henry's study was, and he began to frantically work at trying to smother the flames with a throw rug. And when that didn't work, Longfellow desperately tried to smother the flames by throwing his arms around his wife, severely burning his face, arms, and hands. And yet she died the next morning. And he was too ill from his burns to attend her funeral. And then in 1863, Longfellow received word that his oldest son Charles had been severely wounded by a bullet that took off part of his backbone. No wonder the poet wrote those sorrowful words, but that's not where the song ends. Longfellow did not give up on God. He stayed close to the Lord, and the Lord gave him comfort through the good news of Christmas. So the song ends. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth. Goodwill to men. See, we must stay close to the Lord in every situation. And the great news for us is that through Jesus Christ, we can get closer to the Lord today than Anna had ever dreamed. Even though she was able to look into the eyes of baby Jesus. See, we can get closer to the Lord because Jesus has now died on the cross for our sins. We can get closer because Jesus 
is risen from the dead. Amen? We can get closer to Jesus because the Holy Spirit is at work in our world right now in a way that he did not work before the cross. And we can even have the Lord right here in our hearts if we will open our heart to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So get close to the Lord and and stay close to the Lord no matter what you are going through. The second thing that I wanted to highlight as we look at these verses, the first again is that as we journey beyond Christmas, stay close to the Lord in every situation. The second thing is, and serve the Lord every way you can. Serve the Lord every way you can. Anna served the Lord every way she possibly could. In verse 37, says she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And there is no way for us to measure the blessings that came from Anna's service. We can see in these verses that it was a, a spiritual service. We see that by her prayers. We see that it was a sacrificial service. We see that in her fastings. And, and it was a steady service. Anna served the Lord night and day for a long, long time. Whether she was 84 or over 100, the Lord blessed her with a very long life. And, and she made the most of her life. Anna served the Lord every way she could, as long as she possibly could, which is one lesson for us this morning, that we are never too old to serve the Lord. But even a bigger lesson is that we must serve the Lord while we can. Every moment that we have available, and most of us, we're probably not necessarily going to live to 84, most likely For sure not to a hundred, because time is short. And none of us know how long we have. And so we must serve the Lord while we can, trusting God to use our faithful service to bring honor and glory to Him and to advance His kingdom. And, And Anna had no idea that God would add her story to His word, or that millions of people would be blessed by it down through the years. And Pauline Hilton gives us another example of God using our faithful service in ways that we cannot even see. It happened years ago when Pauline's parents were serving the Lord in the Salvation Army. In one miserable December night, they went out for an open-air meeting. And it, it seemed like a waste because no one else was even around. But Pauline's dad said, God doesn't need people to be out listening. He only needs us to be faithful. So they played a few Christmas carols, and Pauline's dad gave a short message before everyone retreated from the cold. And a few weeks later, her dad was ringing the bell at a mall when a lady asked him if he had been on that certain street corner a few weeks before. When he said yes, she explained, My father had been in a coma for six months. We were dreading the holidays because dad really wasn't with us. But then we heard the carols, and to our amazement, 
my father sat up and said, that's God's music. And with that, he died. And God used those few songs to to give great comfort to a dying man's family. And I wonder how many times in our lives are we open to God and what he wants to do through us in simple ways. And he does amazing, miraculous things because of our willingness to serve him. God wants to use you in your life in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. So as we journey beyond Christmas, serve the Lord every way you can and trust God to surprise you with joy. If you're like me at all as a parent, I I love to be able to surprise my kids. I I like secrets and then surprises, and I try to keep those things. And it's really hard with older kids because a lot of times they know all of our old tricks, you know, like, all right, everybody go get pajamas on, time for bed. But it's around Christmas time, so they know it's probably a day where we get to go and uh, look at lights in our pajamas and and hot cocoa. But the older kids kind of like, oh, we knew it, we knew it, you know. And as, as a parent, I want to surprise my kids and and see the joy that comes to their faces when they don't even expect what's coming. And God loves to surprise his people with joy. And I have no idea what Anna must have been going through the day that she's walking through the temple courts. And I can imagine her being maybe older and, and stiff. Maybe her shoulders are giving her some pain. If she's like me, her knees are giving her trouble. And, and I don't know exactly all that she was carrying with her that day. There may be some things that were going on. She may have been feeling lonely and just down. She may have been carrying burdens that we don't even begin to understand. And she had no idea of the wonderful thing that she was about to see. In verse 38, as Anna was going about her normal day, she ran right into the newborn Savior. And suddenly Anna received a a new burst of joy in her life. God made sure that she got there just in time to see Simeon take the baby in his arms and say in Luke 2, 29 through 32, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, and now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel, as he holds the baby Jesus in his arms. And Anna was surprised by joy. And many times the Lord will do the same for us. Maybe it's the joy of a new baby or a new grandbaby or a special time with friends or a good report from the doctors. God likes to surprise us with his joy and it and can come in the smallest things. But the best joy comes as it did that day from our close encounters with the Lord. Those times when he allows us to see his hand at work. Those times when he gives us a special touch. Susan Starnes tells about the night she went into her daughter's room to pray. And and Susan's daughter was eight at the time. And during her prayer, right out of the blue, the little girl said, Jesus, 
please lock the doors if they haven't been locked? Well, mom held back a chuckle at that unexpected request and thought nothing more about it until the next day, the next morning when she opened the front door and found her keys on the outside of the lock where she had accidentally left them. Surprised, Susan was joyfully amazed at how the Lord had led her little girl to pray, and she thanked him for his protection. Body, God wants to surprise you with his joy. And this is so important because in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it tells us that the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and joy is one of the godliest, one of the godliest characteristics we can have in our hearts. As you look at the fruit of the Spirit, the first is love, and then the second is joy. In Luke chapter 15, uh, I was excited that uh, these verses are going to be read this morning. Luke chapter 15, Jesus told three parables to help us understand God's attitude towards seeking the lost. And every time the lost was found, there was great joy. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, if you want to turn over there. It says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep! I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a, a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and, and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Rejoicing. Just yesterday, I think it was, we were looking for something at the Berlin house. And with my ten family members coming into the Berlin's five, there's 15 of us in one house. So there's lots of extra items. And, and we're looking for one thing. It was a key. It was the only key to the car that had groceries in it that we wanted to eat. And so... Needless to say, there was a lot of searching for that one key that had a keychain, and we're looking in places that we didn't even think it was going to be, but hoping it might be there. And I'm praying, I'm thinking, I'm praying, God, please help me to be the one that finds the key so I can be the hero, right? I mean, that's what I was praying, and then I was like, wait, that's a little prideful, God. I just pray that someone finds this key, so we, because it's the only key, you know. It's Christmas Day, and we're trying to get in, and there's chips that we want to eat, and so, so we're we're praying and looking and searching, and it's like sweeping the house type of thing, and and eventually, 
Ashley finds it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's all right. It wasn't me, but it was someone found it. And we're, we're, like, we're almost like cheering. to the, It wasn't quite a cheer, and it wasn't probably like the angels rejoicing when one lost sinner comes home. But it was that joy of like, awesome. We don't have to figure out how to find a new key and make a key. And this, there's no, the, the, the groceries, we get to eat those. And, and so Jesus is telling us that there's great joy that comes in this life, and the greatest joy is seeing a lost soul come to him. Don't you love being around people that are infectiously joyful? You know, the ones that are just a lot of fun to be around at a party or a get-together, the ones that you're hoping will be there because they just make everything so much better. Don't you want to be known as that person, the one that just always has joy in their lives? Joy is a good, appropriate, and godly thing. The question is, what are we doing with this godly joy? Well, what we should be doing is the same thing that Anna did in verse 38. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna shared her joy with everyone she possibly could, and that's what the Lord wants us to do as well and you may not feel very joyful today but don't give up on the joy of the Lord ask the Lord to restore his joy to you and he will and so as we journey beyond Christmas trust God to surprise you with joy and strengthen your life with spiritual growth the Lord himself is our model for, for spiritual growth as we see in verse 40 of chapter 2 here. It says, And the child Jesus grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. See, ne God never wants us to get stuck in a spiritual rut. A quote by James Hunter goes like this, A rut is little more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. Now think about that. That's, that's what a rut is. It's a little more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. And as long as we are in this world, the Lord wants us to be growing spiritually. God wants us to grow strong in his wisdom and grace. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, and also verse 15, Paul tells us that we should grow, and he says this, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him, who is the head, that is Christ. And Peter tells believers to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. See, God wants all Christians to grow spiritually. Are you growing? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe some days are better than others. Pastor Selwyn Hughes helps us see God's high standards with these questions. Questions like, am I trying to grasp things from God's hands? Or, my, or are my hands relaxed and empty 
so that I might receive? Do I shrink from painful experiences or do I welcome them in the knowledge that they will make me a more sensitive person? Am I sure of God and his resources that I am free from a spirit of demandingness or over-concern? Is my goal to be happy or is it to be holy? Am I more taken up with getting pleasure out of God than I am with giving pleasure to God? Do I have a deep compassion and concern for the plight of others? Is my heart clean and pure? Have I experienced an inner cleansing that has reached to the deepest depths? Am I a reconciler, one who seeks to reconcile others to God and where necessary to each other? Pastor Hughes asked these questions and then added, Don't be discouraged if you can't see all of these beautiful attitudes at work in your life. Remember, we are to grow in grace. It's a process. But again, the question is, are you growing? Maybe, maybe not. Rick Warren points out that spiritual growth does not happen miraculously, just, uh, um, just magically. It, it does not just happen once you are saved, even if you attend services regularly. Churches are filled with people who have attended for their entire lives, yet they are still spiritual babies. Spiritual growth is not automatic with the passing of time. The writer of Hebrews sadly noted, Though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. Hebrews 5 verse 12. Millions of Christians have grown older without ever growing up. The truth is, is that spiritual growth has to be intentional. It requires a commitment to grow. A person must want to grow, decide to grow, and make an effort to grow. Discipleship begins with a decision. And that's the challenge this morning. Make the commitment today. Don't let your spiritual life get stuck in a rut. God wants all Christians to grow spiritually how are we going to do that? And again, there's a lot that goes into this. And I just want to just focus in on two requirements for spiritual growth. The first is, of course, we must feed ourselves on the word of God. Peter was speaking to believers when he said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, Like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And one problem that so many Christians have today is that they are starving themselves from the Word of God. And I'm not just talking about coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday. I'm talking about taking in some of God's Word every single day. Jerry Vine said, An unread Bible is like food uneaten, a love letter never read, a buried sword. A road map unstudied, gold never mined. We must feed ourselves on the word of God in order to grow. 
but we must also realize that we cannot grow alone. As Rick Warren said, the truth is that Christians need relationships in order to grow. We don't grow in isolation from others. We develop in the context of fellowship. Paul Harvey told about a 73-year-old man who was rescued by his friends just in the nick of time. This farmer had been pinned under his tractor for four long days and nights. He suffered through a terrible storm and had to have his leg amputated below the knee. But it could have been a lot worse. It could have cost him his life, and it would have too, if his friends hadn't come looking. Well, why did they go to his farm to check? Well, it was because he missed Wednesday night prayer meeting. Not showing up for the least attended service of the week caused those who loved him to realize something must be drastically wrong. That man's faithfulness to the Lord and his church saved his life. But his faithfulness did much more than save his life. It gave him the kind of spiritual growth God wants all of us to have through close relationships with one another. Even though Christmas is over, and there may be a little bit of earthly letdown, let's not let Christmas end for us. Let's make it a a wonderful beginning. Let's stay close to the Lord in every situation and serve the Lord every way we can and trust God to surprise us with joy and strengthen our life with spiritual growth. And maybe this morning, you're just getting to know Jesus for the very first time, and you're growing and you're maturing, but you've never really committed your life completely over to Him. And just as Chris and Nicole were willing to come and to clothe themselves with Jesus this morning, we're going to sing a song of invitation as the praise team comes. And, And this song is just an opportunity for you If you need to get right with God this morning, if you need to surrender to Him for the very first time, if you need to be immersed into Christ, the baptistry is ready, as you saw. Because this new year is going to have its ups and downs. There's going to be joys and disappointments. And in the midst of it all, you're going to need Jesus. And so if you need to make a decision this morning to give your life to Jesus, maybe you just need someone to pray with, we'd invite you to come. If you need to get plugged into a church and make PV your home, we'd love for you to come and do that as well. Will you stand with me this morning?